You're listening to the Pastor Moats Podcast. I've entitled the message this morning, The Recipe for Joy. The Recipe for Joy. I want to give you an interesting fact, and that is this. The world's record for holding a smile on the face, all right, someone holding a smile, 10 hours and 5 minutes. Can you imagine that? I feel like it'd be permanently there. 10 hours. It was a, a young lady named Lisa Lester, and she set that record, and then she had to stop smiling. <laughs> And I use that illustration to make this point. A smile or, or happiness, that's all outward. And it's very temporary, very temporary. Whereas joy is on the inside, it's inward, it's internal, and it's eternal. And so a smile or happiness at best is going to last a little while, and then it ends. But joy comes from the inside, and it does not end, come what may. If it's real, it does not end. It's eternal. So I want to remind us of a few of the differences between happiness and Joy, because we're living in a generation that is seeking after happiness. Seeking after happiness. Well, first of all, the Bible tells us rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. So in speaking of joy, we're speaking of something that never ends, that goes on, forevermore. And again, it's from the inside. But happiness is quite different. It depends on what happens, doesn't it? In fact, that's, that's why it's called hap. Happiness. It depends on what happens, right? And so if your hap happens to be good, then you're happy, right? But if your hap happens to be bad, then you're unhappy. And so if I'm seeking after this thing of, of happiness and I'm putting my trust in this thing called happiness, I'm going to be like this. And I'm going to be a victim of circumstances because happiness happenstance changes. Happenstance changes. Happiness is on the outside. Joy is on the inside. And the Lord never changes. And that's why we're told in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always because He never changes. 
Again, circumstances are going to change. But we can rejoice evermore because the Lord never, never changes. As I said, happiness is on the outside. I would say it this way, it's cosmetic. Joy is on the inside, it's character. It's character. Happiness comes from outside circumstances, so it would meet surface needs. Joy comes from within. That means it's going to meet your your deepest needs. Happiness is like a thermometer. It registers the conditions. So you know if you you're wondering what your temperature is and you use a thermometer, oh okay, it's a 99.5 or 101.2 or whatever it is. That's that's what happiness it's like that thermometer that just sort of it just sort of registers the circumstances. It just sort of registers what the conditions are and it moves accordingly. Whereas joy is the thermostat and it regulates the conditions. Very different. It regulates the conditions. So no, regardless of the circumstances, maybe the circumstances are difficult, maybe they're, they're hard, but if I have that joy, the joy of the Lord down deep in my heart, it's going to regulate the temperature. It's going to re- regulate the circumstances. And I'm going to go right on, come what may, with that joy, joy of the Lord down deep in my heart. Happiness evaporates and disappears during times of suffering. It's gone when suffering comes along. Joy, on the other hand, intensifies in times of suffering, and many times it's it's intertwined with suffering. So listen, there's nothing wrong with happiness, but there's not much to happiness unless it's rooted in joy. It's got to be rooted in joy. Whereas joy, on the other hand, it, it doesn't depend on happiness at all. You see, it comes from within. It is a response to the Spirit of God and the work of God in my heart. In fact, not only does it not depend on happiness, often it functions even better when happiness is taken away. Because you see, we can't always be happy. We can't always be happy. We live in a tumultuous world, don't we? We live in a world that we face difficulties and we face tests and trials and hurts and heartaches. We live in a world of, of woe many times and moaning and, and groaning. But in the midst of all those things that come along and they're real, we can have joy. And I want to tell you why. Because whereas happiness is this outside job, joy is an inside job. 
and nothing can touch it. Nothing can touch it. It, 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 is, it is powerful. And I want to tell you, it's so important because it's one of those defining marks that distinguishes a believer from an unbeliever. And I want you to give some thought to that. This thing of joy is a defining mark and is supposed to be a defining mark in my life that would distinguish me as a believer in Christ from an unbeliever. And it should say to the lost, you know what? He has something that is real. He knows someone who is real. And this matter of joy is so important when it comes to to winning the loss because nothing is more attractive than the joy of the Lord. Nothing. I thought about David, Psalm 51. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. We ought to be a people of joy. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Now watch this. Here's a time word. Then, then will I teach transgressors the lost thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. So that joy is a proof before the loss that what I have is real and that it really satisfies. It really satisfies. It's real and it really satisfies. The joy that I'm supposed to have. The joy of my salvation. The joy of the Lord. And David is saying, boy, after he had sinned, he said, boy, I need that restored because I want to I want to win the lost. And nothing is more attractive to the lost than the joy of the Lord. Something's different about her. Something's real about him. We're supposed to serve the Lord with gladness. That's a simple statement, but I want to tell you, are we doing that? Are we serving the Lord with gladness such that other people would be compelled to look to our God to see what this is all about? Well, that person has joy. Now, I know they've been, they've been going through some hard times and I know what's going on in their, their life, but <laughs> there's a joy there. There's something real they're, and, they're, and they're serving their God with gladness despite all the circumstances. Very hard, very difficult, very adverse circumstances in their life. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Sometimes we don't seem to have much spiritual strength. And it's because the the joy is not there. 
And, and when we have that joy of the Lord, boy, we have strength. We're invigorated spiritually. It's like this, this joy is the, the lubrication of the, the spiritual life. It lifts the burden and it eases the pain. And regardless, regardless of, of what we're doing, it'll lift the weariness and the dreariness from any work, for if we are filled with the joy of the Lord, then we are, we are renewed physically, mentally, spiritually. Boy, that joy of the Lord is our strength and we're energized. So here in Romans 5, I see four ingredients of joy. We'll just call it the recipe for joy. The first one I see is cleansing. Cleansing. There's nothing that'll bring joy to your heart. Now again, I'm not talking about this, this temporary emotion of happiness that's just external, that's here for a little while, that's gone. But I'll tell you something. I got saved 38 years ago. And I'll tell you, <laughs> I've never gotten over the joy of being saved. I'm so glad to be saved. I'm so thankful to be saved. See, that's something that just goes, there's nothing like the joy of knowing you've been cleansed. The joy of knowing that those sins, that sin that separated you from God who is Holy has been cleansed. It's been washed away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It has been forgiven for time and eternity. And to know that you've been reconciled to God, to know that you're justified. And that's what he's talking about right in the beginning of chapter 5. Look at it with me. Therefore, verse 1, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and what? Rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ brings justification, right? And justification brings peace with God. And peace with God brings joy. Joy. To know that your sins are forgiven. To know that, that you have eternal life and you have an eternal home in heaven. Joy to know that you're saved. Your sins are gone, gone, gone. Yes, my sins are gone and that you're, that you're justified is the word that's used in verse 1. You say, well, what is justification? Well, let's just pretend for a moment that this is a ledger, a record-keeping book, because justification is really a legal term. So let's just imagine for a moment that this is a ledger, a record-keeping book, and on this side is my side of the ledger, my side 
my account. On this side is Christ's account. Christ's side of the ledger. So what happens at justification? Well, all that's on my side, sin, unrighteousness, filthiness, ungodliness, Every wrong thought, every wrong word, every wrong action, every wrong motive, everything that I did that I should not have done, everything that I did not do that I should have done, all of my sin is placed on Christ's account, Christ's side, His ledger. But justification's work is not done. Then all that is on Christ's side of the ledger, all that is on His account, righteousness, godliness, holiness, purity, perfection, is placed on my side of the ledger, on my account. And therefore... I am justified. I am clothed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when that happens, there is indescribable joy. There is a joy that is real when you know that your sins are gone and that you're righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus took 70 of His disciples and He sent them out two by two to minister. And when they came back, they were rejoicing and they were leaping for joy. And it's a very interesting account in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, and the 70 returned again with joy. They were, they were joyful, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Now watch this. In verse 20, the Lord Jesus says, Notwithstanding in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Because you are saved, you're born again, your, your sins are gone. Because you have been cleansed. Boy, that's just, that's justification. That's justification. But I want to give you a word of caution. Because you see, justification comes when our sins are cleansed. But when we allow sin back into our, our lives after we've been justified, you know what that sin does? It robs us of our joy. By the way, that's what that's what happened to David, right? 
That's we read that in Psalm 51, verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Boy, when we're cleansed, that there's that joy there. There's that joy there. Do you know what quenches that joy? You know what robs us of that joy? Sin. Sin. And that's what happened. David didn't lose his salvation. He didn't say, restore my salvation. He said, restore the joy of thy salvation. He lost the joy, and that's what happens after we've been saved, after we've been justified, but we go back into sin. We allow sin back in. It quenches that joy. It robs us of that joy. The joy of salvation. You know, if you went to the doctor this week, and the doctor said to you, you have cancer. You have cancer. That could not rob you of your joy. Not if you have real joy. That won't touch it. That won't touch it. Now you don't, none of us want to hear that. But that can't touch joy. You go in tomorrow and the boss man says, you know what, you're sorry, but you're done. You lose your job. That cannot rob you of your joy. God forbid if, if you went home today and your house had burned to the ground and it was gone, that cannot rob you of your joy. There's only one thing that can touch joy, and that is S-I-N, sin. That is what will rob you of your joy. You say, well, what if someone's mean to me? What if someone is unkind to me? What if someone does something unfair or unjust or, or nasty to me? That can't rob you of your joy. That robs them of their joy. Can't rob you of your joy. The only thing that could rob you of your joy in that situation is if then you react in sin. If you react in the flesh. What if we're persecuted? What if someone spits in my face for preaching the truth? For preaching the gospel? Well, that can't rob me of my joy. In fact, according to the Scripture, that should intensify my joy. Because the Word of God says this, Rejoice if you're persecuted. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. But if my reaction is wrong, that takes away my joy. But none of these things can touch my joy. Only sin can rob me of my joy. By the way, that's why the most miserable person on the face of the earth is the backslidden Christian. And I want to tell you why. Because sin has robbed him. Sin has 
quenched him of the joy of his salvation. And sin has quenched the joy of the Lord in his heart. But that's the only thing. There's only one thing. It's not what your wife did. It's not what your husband did. It's not what circumstances do. There is only one thing that can rob you of joy, and it is sin, and only one particular sin. Are you listening? One particular sin, yours. That's it. Mine. (laughs) That's it. Justification. That's where joy begins. That's why chapter 5 begins with it. Oh, knowing that my sins are gone, there is nothing between my soul and the Savior. Let me just say this. I don't have time to get deep into this. We have to move on. But if you've lost the joy of your salvation because there's sin in your life, just do what David did. Just do what David did. Confess that sin. I mean, say what God says about it. It's wicked. It's ungodly. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't an oversight. It was filthy sin. Confess it. Repent of it. And then God will do for you what He did for David. He will forgive. He will cleanse. And He will restore. And that's what you do. Four ingredients of joy. Cleansing. Number two, confidence. Verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, standing on higher ground, wherein we stand and rejoice. Now look at it, in hope. I'm rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. We've talked about this before. This word hope is not like the hope we speak of today. Well, I hope that's going to happen a maybe. No, that's not hope here. Hope here is concrete confidence. It is rock-ribbed assurance based on the truth of God, based on the Word of God. You know why a Christian has joy? Because a Christian has confidence, not in himself, in the Lord, in his character, in who he is, in the promises that he has given to us, in his word, such that we can say, you know what, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day I know. I know Him. I know my sins are gone. I know I have everlasting life. I know He's preparing a home in glory for me. I want to tell you, this this kind of hope that we're talking about here that produces this kind of joy is steadfast in sorrow. 
It's triumphant through the tribulations. It's lasting regardless of the the losses. That's why Paul said this, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 4, I'm exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. Now, how do you like that? Do those things naturally go together? Only, only if the joy of the Lord is in your heart. And then those things actually do go together. For ye took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. Really? The spoiling of your goods. Ye took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. See, we've got this concrete confidence. We're rejoicing in this, this hope that we have. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. So again, if you went home today and that house had burned down and everything you had was gone, that can't touch your joy unless your joy was rooted in that house. And then it's really not joy, it's, it's happiness. It's just happiness. And it was temporary because now it's, it's gone. But you see, if that, that, all that was gone, you'd still have joy because you still have the Lord. And that's where that joy comes from. You'd still have the Lord. And so I guess what I'm saying to you is this, if you have a joy that you can lose, you need to consider the source of that joy. Because you see, if your joy comes from Jesus Christ enthroned within your heart, you can never lose that come what may, no matter what. You can never lose that. So we rejoice in hope, our text first says. We rejoice in this hope. And so the circumstances and the, the outward cannot affect this. Our confidence is in Him. He is all and He is over all. And hell does not have the key to get inside of that treasury and steal that away. It can't be done. Four ingredients of joy, the recipe of joy, cleansing, confidence, commitment, commitment. Back to verse 1. We're not getting very far, are we? Still on verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Word means sovereign, supreme authority, undisputed owner and master of my life. Now, here's the thing. We all want the cleansing, right? And we all want the confidence. Don't you want that? 
But then all of a sudden there's a hesitation when it comes to this third ingredient called commitment. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I like cleansing and I want that confidence. What, what are we talking about? What commitment? When it comes to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Comes to the, to the point of saying, you know what? He is the undisputed owner and master and Lord of my life. I'm just here to do His bidding. But we hesitate at the Lordship, not realizing that that key, that commitment is the key. It is the key to staying clean and staying confident. We like the cleansing. We like the the confidence. Well, listen, the commitment, the lordship is the key to staying clean and to staying confident. So let me just ask you this. I don't have much time, so I'm just going to ask you this. Is he lord of your life? And you know the answer to that. Have you surrendered all to Him? Have you yielded all to Him? Often I've used the illustration of a blank piece of paper. And I said, are you willing to sign your name at the bottom and say, Lord, you fill in the details? Because usually with a contract, you have a lot of details. You read those details carefully And then if you're in agreement, you sign your name. Well, this is a little different. Undisputed, master, owner, Lord of my life. Here's the paper, it's blank. I'll sign my name. Lord, you fill in the details. Have you surrendered all? Is your all? Could you truly say, my all is is laid on the sacrifice, the altar? How does that get on the... Altar of sacrifice laid. There we go. My all is on the altar. I've I've yielded it all to Him. You've come to that place and you've truly said, Lord, have Thine own way. I'll go wherever, do whatever, (laughs) say whatever. Uh, My life is Yours to control My life is at your disposal, Lord. I have breath in my body. I live, I breathe to serve you, to do your bidding. Have you crowned him Lord of all? That's the question. Listen, that is one of the key ingredients to joy. You know why there's not a lot of joyful Christians? Because this hasn't happened. And you will never know fullness of joy without this right here. That is a fact. Listen, that's a fact. You will never know fullness of joy without this. This is one of the key ingredients in the recipe for joy. Here's the last thing. Communion. Cleansing. Boy, that that justification. Confidence, boy, that hope, that blessed assurance. Commitment, lordship, he is lord of my life. Communion, look, jump way down to verse 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God. Now watch, watch the preposition. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Joy is found in a person. 
Look at the next preposition. By whom we have now received the atonement. Joy is found in a person. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit. You see, joy is an inside job. Joy is rooted in a person. And so the fruit of the Spirit is love. There it is. Joy. Joy. It's an inside job. The fruit of the Spirit. Joy. Joy. And again, that's why the unbeliever can't have it. They can have happiness and it comes and goes. But they they can't have joy. Because joy is rooted in a person. It's rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's rooted in the Spirit of God in our hearts. But we also joy in God, it says, through, it's rooted in a person, through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Scripture says, again in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord. It's found in a person, not circumstances, in a person. So come what may, I can always have it. The Lord never changes. He's he's always faithful. He's always all in all and everything. And so rejoice in the Lord. And that's why it says always, always. That's why I can rejoice evermore. And again, I say rejoice. And the Lord Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. In you, it's an inside job. It's rooted in a person. My joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. John chapter 17, the Lord Jesus is praying to the Father for His disciples and for us. He says this, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Joy is found in a person. And we commune with our Heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ and His joy is fulfilled in us. We abide in Christ. We commune with our Heavenly Father and He imparts His joy to us. You see, it's an inside job. It's an inside job. And so when there is cleansing and there is this confidence and and we've made this commitment, then there can be sweet communion and real joy. Joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. And I'll close with this. And I want you to understand this, to rejoice is a choice, okay? And that's why it's commanded. It's a choice. It's commanded. It's not automatic, and you don't have to. But you can and you certainly should because you know the Lord Jesus Christ. And to know Jesus is to know joy to know joy. Do you know Him? Do you know Him? 
Can you say without hesitation and reservation, without stammer and stutter? You don't even have to think about it. I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. I'm so glad I can say that. You ask me, I can say, hallelujah, I am saved. Don't deserve it, but thank the Lord it wasn't based on my goodness. It's based on His grace. It's not based on my merit. I'd never make it. It's based on His mercy. Well, I sure am glad I'm saved. Can you say it? I mean, you don't even have to. There's no hesitation, no reservation. You can say, I know that I'm saved. If not, why don't you call upon the name of the Lord today? Get that matter settled. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. I'll tell you what, you'll begin to know a joy that I can't describe to you. It's indescribable. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Christian, do you have the joy of the Lord? There's only one reason you wouldn't have it. Only one reason. There's a sin in your life. It's your sin. It is not something someone did to you. That can't take it away. It's not something that happened to you, so just forget about all that. If you as a believer do not have the joy of the Lord in your heart this morning, it is because there's sin in your life. And it may be this third ingredient of commitment and you've never been willing to say, you know what, that's it. I surrender all. Or maybe it's some, some other sin you've allowed to creep into your life. But we ought to have the joy of the Lord. And when we do, that changes everything. And I'll tell you, the lost will take note. They'll say, you know what? That's what I need. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your word. Thank you for the way it challenges us and speaks to our hearts. And Lord, I pray that it has touched our hearts this morning such that we would make change if if necessary. Lord, I pray that each of us, beginning in my own heart, would be honest. We would honestly look into your mirror, the mirror of your word, and ask ourselves, do I truly have the joy of the Lord in my heart, in my life? Is it obvious? Am I growing and glowing for the Lord Jesus this morning. Lord, help us to be honest. And, and if we can't honestly say that we do, might we make some decisions? Might we get some things right? Might we draw nigh? Lord, you've promised us if we will, you'll draw nigh unto us. You'll cleanse us. We can lift up these hands that are feeble and the joy of the Lord will be our strength. We'll have a new zeal, a new excitement, a new passion, a new service and ministry, a new love. Lord, would you work in our hearts. Stir us and move us and change us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.